Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, good morning and welcome to Life Change Church. And hey, we are, we are in the final week of our series entitled Made. But think about how many of you guys have ever made something, right? We've probably all made something before. You saw that video. You're looking at that like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's how they make videos for the intro videos. Like, they do a lot of work behind it. But we make things before. Like, some of us, we, we like to cook. Maybe we like to, to bake things. So we like to, to make food. Right? For some of us, maybe we, uh, we like to build things. So there's buildings and uh, different construction pieces that some of us, we've probably made before as well. For some of us, maybe we're a little more artistic. So we like to paint things. We, we like to sculpt things. We like to make some art, right? But think about it. We all make something, and if you look at it, it really kind of starts at a young age. But why do we make things? We make things for a purpose, right? In fact, this past week, uh, my son, it was in the evening, and my son came to me, I was kind of chilling out, watching some TV, and then my son comes to me all super jacked up. I don't know where he gets that from, but he comes to me, and he's like, Dad, I need your help. He's like, I, I need your help right now. I'm like, okay, bud, what do you need? He's like, there's blankets at the top of my closet that I need you to get, right? I need you to get some blankets down from the top of my closet. I'm like, all right, bud. I'm like, why? He's like, because I'm making something. I'm like, all right. Six-year-old, oh, he's making a fort, right? So he's making a fort. He's like, dad, I'm making a fort. So I'm like, why are you making a fort, bud? He's like, I'm making a fort so that I can play in it with my army guys, right? He had this purpose, though. And I think from the, everything we make, we have a purpose. And what's incredible is that God made each and every one of us, and he made us for a purpose as well. He created us for a reason. And when I look at my son's excitement, if God created us in his own image, as I look at my son's excitement, I think that God got pretty excited when he made each and every one of us. I think he's looking at him like, man, look what could happen, right? And he did this from the very, very beginning. I want you to understand, from the very beginning, you were created for a purpose. I want you to understand, if you're here, you are not here by accident. You were not made by accident. God had a plan. The creator of the universe had a plan when he made you, right? He wanted to make you so that you could know him and to make him known. And again, it goes all the way back from the very beginning. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. And again, if you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app just an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. We are fans of regular Bibles too, right? You can carry your Bible here as well, but the Bible app is a free resource and it's on your phone. You can take it with you wherever you go. But Genesis chapter one, verses 26 through 28, this is really the, the main passage of scripture we've been going over the last three weeks. So hopefully you've written it down. Maybe you've even committed to memory, but it says this. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Right? From the very beginning, God made us. God made mankind with a purpose. Right? He created us, and he created us in his own image, right? in the likeness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He created us to be in community with him, to be connected with him, to be in relationship with him, and to be connected in community and relationship with others as well. Right? Then he created us to grow, to be fruitful and increase. And then he, he created us to change the world, right? to fill the earth and subdue it. 
And really what I want us to walk away with from this series is this, is that we were all created for relationship, growth, and to change the world. We were all created for relationship, growth, and to change the world. And we talked about how we were created to connect, how we were created for relationship, and how we live that out by, by being loyal, not just waiting for people to be loyal to us, but by being loyal to others. Then last week, we talked about how we were created to grow, and we learned that growth comes from application, not just observation. And this week, what I want to do is I want to spend some time talking about how we were created to change the world. Again, it says that we're called to fill the earth and subdue it, right? to overcome, to make a difference, to impact, to change the world. We were created to make an impact for him. I've said this before. I'll say it again. And this is really what I want us to understand today. But God has a brilliant strategy to reach the world, and you are it. Right? God has a brilliant strategy for reaching the world, and you are it. I am it. You are it. We are it. He made us with this purpose in mind to change the world. Now, for some of us, though, this is, this is a big idea. Right? For some of us, this means we have to change the way we're thinking. For some of us, we're thinking like a little old me, like what can I do? Right? How can I change this world? For some of us, we have to kind of, we have to have really a, a moment where everything changes in our life. It's really this defining moment. And the truth is, we've probably had defining moments before in our life. I mean, think about it. You can look back to a, a stage in life where you're probably looking like, man, at that moment, everything changed. Right? It could be with your relationship, with your spouse, where you had a moment where all of a sudden, maybe you went through a rough patch and you said, you know what, we're going to make it through this rough patch, we can keep going on. Right? That's the defining moment. Maybe it was with your kids, maybe it was with your family, maybe you've gone through a health issue with some of your, your, your parents or a sibling or even a kid. There's this defining moment where you realize that you can go further. The same is true with our relationship with God. And we have to have this defining moment where things make sense. For some of us, that's when we first accepted God. Right? That's when the things of Jesus became real to us. When we realized that we had a need, that God placed us here, and a need for him. Right? For some of us, maybe it's really when we went public with, with our relationship with God. There's this thing called baptism that we do, right? And it's actually, it's an outward sign of an inward commitment. For some of us, baptism was that defining moment where things became real with Jesus. Like, it's easy to check mark a box on a connection card in the seat back in front of you. It's easy to say a prayer silently to ourselves. But baptism, baptism is going public, right? For some of us, that's that defining moment. And for some of us, to really know why God created us and to live out our purpose, we have to have this defining moment where things just begin to make sense, where we realize that it goes beyond ourselves. And we see this. We see this in our lives, and we see this going all the way back to really the, when, Jesus, when Jesus ascended into heaven and left the ministry to his followers. And we see it particularly in one of his followers named Peter. So if you would, we're going to jump in. We're going to spend a lot of time today in Acts chapter 10, verses 9 uh, starting at verse 9, we'll really go to about verse 42. So we're going to dig into a bunch of scripture today, but trust me, it's some good stuff here, right? And in this passage of scripture, again, Jesus had died already, then he had ascended into heaven. So he was actually uh, leaving his disciples to do the work of the ministry. He was leaving his disciples to share about what he did, to share the teachings that he was sharing, to share who he really was. He left it up to his disciples to start the church. So Peter, again, one of his closest followers, was doing just this. Right, Peter had been preaching and he'd been, he'd been doing the things that, that Jesus is being, sharing the good news, but he actually just shared it with certain, a certain group of people. He just shared it with, a, with the Jewish people. In fact, at that time, Christianity almost looked like it was a separate sect of Judaism right there. But Peter was created to change the world. We're created to change the world. So Peter needed a shift in the way he thought. So God was stirring behind the scenes. And really, right before this passage of Scripture, you see this centurion, a Roman army guy, who had actually heard about Peter and heard about Jesus and wanted to hear more. 
right? So he is actually a godly man who was praying, and then he actually had a vision sent to him from God. So he sent his people to get Peter, which is what we're picking up here in verse 9. So check this out. It says, about noon, the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. So here you are, right? Here's Peter, super spiritual, first-time leader of, like, of the early church, right? You're thinking, like, this guy's incredible. He's up there. He's praying away, but he's hungry, and he's a little tired, and let's just be honest, he fell asleep, right? He says he fell into a trance, but we've probably been there before. I'm, I will admit, I've been there before where I've prayed, and I've just fallen asleep because I was either hungry or tired, right? This is where Peter was, and he fell into this trance, and when he's in this trance, some cool things happen. Verse 11 It says, he saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to the earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Now, if you've been around Life Change Church, we always have three application points, so that's it. Get up, kill, and eat. (laughs) No, that's not it. I know it's hunting season. Some of you guys are like, all right, let's go. No, that's it. We're actually going to have four today. But here's Peter, right? He's praying, and he fell asleep, right? He fell asleep. Then he has this dream and this vision to eat all kinds of animals. Again, Peter was hungry when he fell asleep, but there's actually a little bit more to this than that, right? So he says in this trance, Peter sees this vision, and then Peter responds in the trance this way in verse 14. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. So here's Peter. He has this vision. God's telling him to eat all these things, and Peter's like, whoa, 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 God. Like some of those things, they're not quite right. Like some of those things, they're, they're not kosher, right? They're, literally, they're not kosher. But they're not things that line up with what I believe in, right? This goes a little bit, be, uh, this gets a little crazy, right? These things are unclean. I mean, I don't know, lizards seem a little gross anyways, but the truth is they had like this whole list of things that they could eat and not, right? There's this whole really list of rules. There's a whole list of laws, of regulations that, that they had to live by. And then Jesus came, and he actually came to abolish all that law to completely fulfill it. But what Peter was thinking, he was forgetting all this, right? He was overlooking this fact, and he was clinging to some of his old ways. He was clinging, really, to his religion. But here's God in this vision showing that he created Peter. He created us for so much more, right? And it it goes beyond just what he can eat, but it goes to who he should talk to as well. It was who God wanted him to reveal himself to as well of how he created Peter to change the world. Not just Peter's world, but the world around him as well. But if you look at it, Peter, again, he got caught up in his rules. He got caught up in his own perception of what was clean and was unclean. And Peter basically is telling God, like, this goes against my religion. Like, not your religion, God, but this goes against my religion. This goes against what I know. Right? This goes against the things that I've been taught. And the truth is, I think we do the same sometimes. I think there's times where God pushes us to the edge, where God created us for more, to, to make a difference. But we push back because it goes against what we know. It goes against some of the, the safety nets that we've placed around ourselves. And the truth is, sometimes I think we hide behind really our faith, right, or our religion. We hide behind that, and it keeps us from doing what God really wants us to do. Right? We hide behind our tradition. We hide behind really the things we know, and it keeps us from moving forward and doing what God wants us to do. If we're honest with ourselves, I think a lot of times we miss out on our purpose. We miss out on what we're called to do because we try to keep things clean, right? We try to keep things clean. So we'll say things like, you know what, I'll pray about that. We know that that's a no, but we use it. We use these nice religious terms. I'll go ahead. I'm just going to go pray about that. Or 
it's, it's, it's not my gifting, right? That's, that's, I'm not really comfortable with that. That's not my gifting. I don't think I'm really blessed in that capacity. So we're just going to pass on that one, right? That's a, that's a little bit different, right? We'll go through and say, you know what? I'm not feeling really led to do that. We'll use these words, but what we're doing is we're clinging to our own preferences. We're clinging to how we're raised. We're clinging to the things we like. We're clinging to the things that we're taught, really how we feel and what we're experiencing. And what we are doing is we're making this about us. I think a lot of times we make our purpose about us. We make how God created us about us. But we forget the fact that God created us to change the world. Right? God created us to change the world. We naturally, we naturally have this me focus. We naturally have a focus all about us. I mean, think about it. As a young child, some of the first words we, we learn are, are mine. Right? It's, some of the first, it's natural for us. We're naturally selfish, but God created us for so much more. He created us for more than just an inward focus, but an outward focus. He created us for more just than an us focus, but for a them focus as well. Right? It's not for me alone. It's not for me only, but it's for me to share with the world. When you look at it, Jesus died for all. Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and was risen, not just for you, not just for me, not just for the people in this room, but for all of us, for all of those around us, for all of Lincoln County, for all of Ohio, for all of the United States, for all the world. Right? And when we forget this, we miss out on our purpose because we're called to share this. We're called to be the church to others. But I think too many times, too many times I think we think the church is just for us. Too many times I think that we think the church is just to, to meet our needs. But understand this, the church isn't to meet, here to meet our needs. We are the church and we're here to meet the needs of others. We're here to meet the needs of the world. We're here to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with all of those around us. I think what's happened too many times is we made our relationship personal with God. And yeah, there's an aspect of the personal relationship with God. But we've made it so personal that others can't get in, that others can't see it, that they're missing out on a relationship with God. Right, think about it. Is your relationship with God so personal that others are missing out on the relationship with God because of you? Right? Have you made it so closed in? Have you boxed it in so much that others are missing out? The truth is we have to change our perspective. And when we change our perspective, it isn't always clean. It's not always going to match up with what we've always thought. It's not always going to match up with how we want it to be. Right? This, is what, this is the vision that Peter was getting. This is what God was showing Peter, and he's showing us as well in order to change the world. Check this out. continues on in verse 15. It says, The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Right? These, these are some powerful words right there. Right? The voice says, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean clean. Really saying like, how dare you judge? Right? How dare you be quick to judge and call something impure? Right? The truth is God is bigger than anything we can imagine. The truth is God is bigger than all the rules, the regulations that we place in our lives because it's easier. God's bigger than all those things. God's bigger than all those people that we look at and we think, man, they're messed up. God's bigger than all that. Hey, in fact, that person we look at is messed up. That's a child of God. So when God's saying, don't call anything impure or unclean, he's saying, don't, don't talk about my kids that way, right? I've already made them pure. I've made them clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. God is so much bigger, and we have to change our perspectives. His plan and his purpose for our lives doesn't just fit in the box we've created for ourselves. And what's amazing is we've seen this like, even play out in our society the last couple of weeks, right? For some of you guys, you may know, but if you're on social media, you've seen anything, or if you, you know anything, you may have heard of this guy named Kanye West. I don't know anybody. Dude, what's amazing, though, is this past week, he came out and released a gospel album. 
And not only that, he came out proclaiming Christ as his Lord and Savior. And this has actually been in the works. He's been doing these pop-up churches for weeks and weeks, right? What's crazy, though, is the impact he's going to have. But here's what's amazing, though. There's two different sects of, of, uh, of Christianity right now, right? There's some people that are like, bag, like bashing them, telling them, like, oh, wait, that's not real. It's not something real, right? And there's that whole negative vibe that's going on, right? And what's sad about that is that they're stuck in their box. What's sad about that is we, we may actually be seeing like a real-life Saul to Paul conversion right before our eyes that can make an incredible difference and change the world. But some people can't get outside their box to see it. I mean, this dude's going from Jesus to Jesus, and we need to celebrate it, Right? We need to celebrate it. We need to be praying for him, right? And the fact is, we need to follow it, and we need to be sharing our faith like him as well. The truth is, God is bigger, and we are called to make an impact. God is bigger than anything we could ever imagine. We need to expand our vision beyond ourselves. We need to expand our sphere of concern beyond just ourselves. We need to have a, a deeper burden of responsibility for those that don't know Christ. And instead of doubting everything, what if we just trusted God? Instead of doubting all the things around us, instead of saying, oh, well, that doesn't line up with exactly the line that I've placed for my life, what if we just trusted God, right? Imagine what could happen, right? We could change the world, and it's what he wants from us. It's what he wanted from Peter so much so that he repeated this lesson. Check this out, verse 16. It says, this happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Right? Three times he sees this vision. Listen, I don't know about you, but when something gets repeated three times, it means that somebody means business with me. Right? When I repeat something to my kids three times, the third time, you better know that, that the voice is going to be a little more stern because I'm serious about it, right? And God's serious about this. God's serious about understanding and expanding our vision from just beyond ourselves. God's telling Peter that he wants him to change the world, right? He wants him to use him to make a difference, but he's got to shift the way he's thinking. Right? God has a brilliant strategy for reaching the world, and you are it. But for some of us, we have to shift the way we're thinking. God created us to change the world. It's who he made us to be. And just like Peter, God puts opportunities right in front of us. In fact, if you look at Peter, God put an opportunity for application right at his front door, and we can learn from it as well. Check out verse 17 as we continue on here. It says, while Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who is known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, this, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. So here's Peter, right, and he's wrestling with this vision. Like, again, he's hungry. He's thinking, like, dude, is my stomach just rumbling? Like, was I super tired? But, like, what, what was that? Was that real? And not only was that real, but that goes against everything I thought. So, like, here's Peter. He's wrestling with this. Right? He's wrestling with his purpose. And the truth is, I think many of us, we've wrestled with our purpose before. Right? We've wrestled with the things that God puts us in. There's like a step of faith. Right? We want things to be easy. But here's Peter knowing that's not going to be easy. But then God puts the application right at his front door. Right? These guys sent by Cornelius are at his front gate. They're right there. And I think the truth is there's times, and the truth is there's times more often than not that where our next opportunity to live out our purpose is right at our front door. Right? It's right in front of us. But what do we do? We overcomplicate things. We overthink things. But instead of doing that, instead of making things difficult, instead of overcomplicating things, we just need to be like Peter, and we need to get up, go downstairs, and open the door. So the first step in, in changing the world, the first step in, in living out our purpose is to open the door. Number one is open the door. And if you look at it, it's, it's what Peter did. He opened his door. In verse 21, it continues. It says, Peter went down 
and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? And the men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. If you look at this, God had already put this plan together. And the truth is, God's already put a plan together for you as well. He's already created you, created a purpose in place. He's got the plan that's working behind the scenes. But it still requires us to do something. It requires us to open the door. If we are God's plan to reach the world, right? If, if that's the brilliant strategy, guess what? He still needs us. He needs us to do something. He needs us to open the door. So this week, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to take that first step and open the door. Right? Think about it. Is there an air in your life that, that you haven't yet opened up? Right? Is there something right there? At, maybe it's right at your feet. Maybe it's at the, right in front of your door. And you haven't tap, stepped in obedience yet. That's what I want to challenge you to do. it. Maybe for you, maybe opening your door means to open, open your mindset. Maybe to change the way you think. Right? Maybe for you, maybe it's a, maybe it's a step of faith and and walking out and taking that leap of faith. Listen, whatever it is, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to open your door, take that first step, and then number two is to invite. Right? Invite. It says, after Peter got up, he went downstairs and he invited the men in. Verse 23 says, then Peter invited the men into his house to be his guest. So the truth is we need to invite some people in to be our guests. We need to invite some people into the house to be our guests. And this is the house, right? This is, this is the church. This is a place where we should be able to invite anybody and everybody. This is a place when you know, that you should know that when you invite a friend in, they're going to feel welcomed, right? Yeah, we said this before, but we want to be a welcoming church. We want to be one that is just overflowing, and not with fake, not like fake smiles, but we want to be real. We want to connect with you in an incredible way. We know that it takes pressure to invite somebody in, right? It's, it's scary. There's people that maybe you've been praying for for a while. So I would say this. If you see a first-time guest, if you are a first-time guest, hopefully you experience this today, but if you see a first-time guest sometime, listen, go talk to them, right? Go sit down next to them. And be genuine, share life with them, right? That's somebody that, that, that's been invited. That's somebody that's been prayed for, right? So make them feel welcome. We need to invite people in. We need to invite guests in. And not just to be guests, but to be part of the family, to be part of the church as well. And it should be ingrained. It's not, it shouldn't be just a one-time thing. It should be something that we do over and over again. It should be part of our culture. What's cool about Life Change Church is, is it really is. Right, we're a church five years old, and we've grown from just a, a handful of people to three services now on a weekend, and it's amazing, right? Because people are inviting. But we've got to keep doing it. And if you've done it one time, I want to thank you. Do it again. If you've been doing it for five years, you've been with us from the start, I want to thank you. Keep going, right? Keep going. And we want to resource you as well. You'll see that when you came in, you saw a little card on your seat. That wasn't somebody saving your seat. That was actually for you. We have these cards for you. We just want to make it simple for you. Maybe for you, maybe there's somebody you went and invited to church and you're like, man, how do I bring it up? Well, you can force it and be like, well, my pastor said I have to give these cards out to you today. Why don't you come to church with me, right? Do it, right? Invite somebody in. Maybe for you, like that's a huge step anyways and you're just going to the drive-thru. You're gonna get your burger and you're gonna be like, come to church and drive off. That's fine too, right? That's fine too. But I challenge you to use it, right? Use your card. Give them to a neighbor. Give them to a coworker. Put them somewhere, but invite somebody to church. Maybe for you, you just need to make a list of, of five people, right? And just start praying over them. Praying for opportunities. Praying for opportunities to share. Listen, if you pray for an opportunity, God will give you the opportunity. But then you have to go back and you have to open the door to that opportunity. Right? Open the door, invite. And then number three is to go. Right? When contemplating and thinking about the vision, it says that the Spirit told Peter not to hesitate and to go. So it's exactly what Peter did. 
And verse 23 continues on, shows us this. It says, the next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. They followed, the following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together all his relatives and close friends. Again, this is pretty cool. So you see, you see Peter going, but he's going to where Cornelius was there, and he was already inviting others as well. I said, as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. While talking with them, Peter went inside, found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against the law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So again, it goes back to Peter. He's changing his mindset. And because his mindset was changed, it allowed him to go. So it says, so, so when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. Peter went. He doesn't hesitate. He was, obedient to what the, he was obedient to what the Spirit said to him. For some of us, we need to be obedient to what the Spirit's saying to us. Think about it. Is there an area in your life? Is there an area of your life where you need to go? Is there a person that you need to go to? Is there something, is there an action that you need to take in order to go? And maybe you've had this inkling for a while. Maybe it's rising up. Maybe it's a, a feeling that you're supposed to talk to someone. Maybe it's a feeling that you're supposed to be there for someone. Maybe it's a feeling that you're supposed to do something, to take a risk and do it. Listen, I want to challenge you. Don't ignore that feeling. Don't ignore that feeling, right? Line it up. Make sure it lines up with Scripture, and then don't hesitate and do it, right? Go. Take that step and go. Right, for some of us, it's a person that we need to go to. So as, as, we come up, as we come up on a Christmas and Thanksgiving, this is a time where, again, if you look at the invite card, we're going to go do a series called Overcome. We're talking about some different things. This is a time where a lot of people get caught up in their own head, right? Comparison, they get caught up in, in jealousy, they get caught up in all sorts of things. So I want to challenge you to invite somebody to that. But it's also a time where, where you get together with family. And for some of us, for some of us, there may be some tension between our family that we need to break before Christmas and Thanksgiving happens. So for some of us, maybe that step of going is to go ask forgiveness from a family member. Right? Maybe it's to go to that person and ask forgiveness. Go to that person and fix and mend that relationship. Right? Maybe that's your step of going. For some of us, maybe again, maybe it's that action step of, of faith. Listen, what's crazy is that God orchestrates plans, and he orchestrates each step of a plan. If he has a purpose for you to change the world, he's going to make it happen. He's going to allow you to do it. So for you, maybe for you, maybe it's in your workplace, right? Maybe your action of going is, is to go to your workplace, maybe with a different attitude. If you've been grumpy and mad about it all the time, maybe it's to change your attitude to go there, or maybe it's to even change your workplace, right? Maybe God's going to take you through a different season where he places you in a different workplace so that you can, he can use you to change the world. But you still have to go. You still have to take that first step, right? So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to go. And what's crazy about going is this, is that it always creates the opportunity for the next step, right? We see this with Peter. Here's Peter. He goes and he says, may I ask why you sent me? Like, I love Peter's boldness. He's, he was incredibly bold, but he gets there. He's in front of Cornelius, like a Roman soldier. He's like, why am I here? Like, can you just tell me what's going on here? Like, what's, what's all this about, right? So he asked. And then Cornelius answered here in verse 30. It says, three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send a Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. 
Again, God had this incredible plan. He's working behind the scenes, and God works behind the scenes for us. He has incredible plans for us. He has a plan to reach the unreached. He has a plan to, to have the unconnected connected, but he uses us to do it. And what's incredible about this is Peter asked, like, why am I here? Cornelius answers by saying, I was praying about this for th- three days ago. I was praying about this. Here's what's amazing, is that there's somebody right now praying for an opportunity to see God. There's somebody right now praying just to the prayer of saying, God, show yourself to me. And guess what his answer is? His answer is you. His answer is me. Because he uses us. Right now, somebody could be praying to experience God, and you are the answer just like Peter was. Right? But we have to go. And when we go, it opens the door up for the next thing, which is to share. When we go, it opens the door up for us to share. And again, if you go back, it says verse 33 continues on. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded us, commanded you to tell us. Peter went, and it opened the door for him to share, right? It opened the door for, for him to make a difference. And for us to, to make a difference, for us to change the world, we have to at some point share who God is and what God has done for us. And then if you look at it, Peter did an incredible job of sharing. Right? He gives us really an outline of how we share the good news. Right? Check this out, verse 34. It says, Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, right? but accepts every nation, the one who fears him and does what is right. right? He says, You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and the Holy Spirit in power, and how he, and he, and how he went around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses to everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. I hear Peter, and he just shares the gospel. He comes and says that Jesus was sent for all people, right? All nations. Jesus was sent and did some incredible things, right? He, he had the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God to do healings, to teach some incredible lessons. Then he died on a cross, rose again three days, just like he said he did. Again, if somebody predicts that they're going to rise after three days, we're going to follow him, right? This is who Jesus was, and this is what Peter was saying. He was sharing the gospel. He was sharing the gospel, and he was sharing the fact that the gospel was for all. And we could share the same thing because it's what we've experienced, right? In fact, we're called to share the same thing, right? In verse 42, it continues on. It says, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that, that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. He, meaning Jesus, commanded us. Understand this. God created us to change the world, but Jesus commanded us to change the world. God created us. Jesus commanded us. If we've got those two things going on us, guess what? That's our purpose. That's what we need to live out. We need to share the gospel, meaning we need to testify about them. I like the word testify. It's a good old church word, right? But to testify means this. It means to give evidence of. And what do we do? To give evidence of something, we give evidence with our lives, right? We give evidence with who we are. We give evidence on, on who we were, who we were before Jesus, and who we are with Jesus. That's the evidence of God. That's, that's the good news. That's the gospel living out in our lives. 
What's crazy is here, Peter, he was sharing everything he'd seen, but what we can do is we can share what we've seen in our own lives as well, and we need to do it, right? We need to do it. For some of us, maybe we never slowed it down enough to actually see our story, to actually put our story down on paper. Maybe for you this week to actually share, you actually have to slow down enough to write your story down on paper. Each, uh, each year we do in the summertime, we, it's one of my favorite series, we do a, a series called Stories where we just hear some incredible stories of people's lives. What's amazing is every year, every year we have an amazing story that you would never even imagine from somebody. Like they're like, oh, I can't believe that they've gone through that. Listen, the truth is we've all gone through something. And with God on our side, he's been able to bring us through. And with God on our side, he's been able to give us the power to still be going through it if we're still going through it, right? But what we need to do is we need to recognize that, slow down enough, and then we need to share it, right? We have to be willing to share it. See, here's what's amazing, too, about that series, is it always brings out another story. Through that month, you always see, man, I, I was going to give up, but I heard that story. How many people are to the point where they go, they're about ready to give up, but they just need to hear your story? Right? You need to share. Right? We need to share our story. God has a brilliant strategy for reaching the world, and you are it. You were created to change the world, and it happens one step at a time, and it happens through obedience. And what's amazing about all of this is it all started with a prayer. Like if you look at it, Peter started this with prayer. I think so many times we look for our purpose in different places. Right? We'll go around and we'll, we'll try to find it in our jobs. We'll try to find it in our family. But if you look at Peter, he was hungry. He didn't go get food first. He was tired. He did fall asleep. But, but he started with prayer. Right? He started with prayer. For some of us, we need to start in prayer, and then we need to be obedient in what we hear through that prayer, and we need to live it out, right? For us to make a difference, it starts with prayer, and then it continues with obedience. So the question is, where are you today? Right? What's your step? What's your step of obedience? Right? Maybe for you, you need to open the door. Maybe you need to invite. Right? Maybe you need to go. Maybe you need to share. Whatever it is, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to start living out your purpose. If you would, pull out the connection card in the seat back in front of you. Maybe you're here today, and maybe God's asking you to do something. There's a, there's a little blank there that says, God is asking me. I want to challenge you to write something down. I take these connection cards super serious. I say this every week, but it's cool. Sarah, last week in first service, kind of gave a plea. and It was kind of funny. We took the week off prior to that, and then we stopped by, and we, we picked up the connection cards. They're always back there in the, in the office. I picked up the connection cards, and Sarah got them, and she's like, man, there's not many of them here. This was just a couple weeks back. I'm like, okay, let me tell you who they are. What was kind of cool was that she's posing them out, and I verbatim could tell her who the connection cards are, what their prayer requests are. Listen, I take these things seriously. This is my chance to, to walk with you. This is my chance to pray with you. This is my chance to journey with you, to pray over what God's asking you to do. Man, I would love it that there's so many of them that I can't even do it anymore, right? I would love it so that we can all connect and we can connect with you in, a, in an incredible way. So maybe you're here today, maybe God's asking you to do something. Listen, don't go do that journey alone. Let us partner with you as a church. Let us pray with you as a church. And maybe you're here today, and maybe for you, maybe your step is to, to open the door. Maybe there's some mindset that you're stuck in, and you've been stuck in for years and years and years, and you can't seem to break it. Listen, write it down, and know that somebody is behind you praying for you, the power of God and the power of prayer behind you. Write it down. Maybe for you, maybe for you, you need to invite somebody. Maybe there's been somebody you've been praying for for years and years and years. Listen, write their name down. Let me be praying for them too. 
Don't go in there like a cold call, like, oh, I'm so nervous. No, go in there knowing that you have hair behind you. You can say, like, you know what? God's already prayed for you. God's already got your back. I'm going to invite you, and it's going to be amazing. Write it down. Let me pray for you. Let me partner with you in it. And maybe for you, maybe it's to go. Again, maybe that's to go to someone. Maybe that's to go to somewhere. Maybe that's a big change in your career. Let me journey with you. Maybe for you to share. Maybe there's a part of your story that you need to share. That's what I want to challenge you to write it down. There's also a place there, maybe for you, maybe for you, your, your start, your purpose starts with accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The first box there says, I want to make a commitment to follow Christ. Maybe you did that even when we were doing communion and we prayed that prayer. Maybe you were one to, to pray that prayer. Listen, we want to celebrate with you. Right? We want to pray with you. So if that's you, check mark that box if you made that decision and then believe that God loves you so much that he gave his son for you right? and receive his forgiveness. There's also a place for prayer requests as well. If you would, just take this moment to fill that card out and also get any tithes or offerings ready. And then Seth will be up to explain the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you, to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.